Welcome to the Weekly Exchange, an Explominate podcast where we talk about Forex, strategy, and tactics games news, patches, devlogs, and much more. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This is Rob, and I am joined today by the British folks here. I, I, could, I can't do it. I tried. I've got, I've got Ben and Drexy. Welcome, Ben and Drexy. Hey. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going well. I said last week that I'd really like to get you guys on, and here we are. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm outnumbered here by the British. It's the first time in American history. <laughs> yeah, come to take you back rob yeah no i see it uh it's man Bring you back uh, under the yoke <laughs> well it's been a few hundred years so maybe it's time but uh <laughs> i was thinking maybe we could talk about some forex what do you guys think you guys interested uh, oh yeah i guess i guess we could yeah, yeah that's cool. what we do awesome well it's good to have you guys i appreciate you guys joining me it's three o'clock in the morning where they are so or two i don't know i don't remember I, you guys are just super crazy but i like it i like you guys both and i appreciate you being here so let's talk about some games and we'll start yes, with sir. interstellar space genesis i just released an article today with the graphics overhaul like sort of like sneak peek and they showed off the new space models or i'm sorry spaceship models and they look pretty awesome. And then they also showed the new colony screen, which does look like a much, much better and an improved little version of it. So I'm excited because they also did their own thing. They showed off their own dev diary and let us know and let us see what the Nova ship models are going to look like. And then they gave us exclusive access to the Dragul, which is like the reptilian race. So we have never, never anywhere else seen, nowhere else can you find these screenshots of the uh, ship models, but Explominate. So check them out. And I think it looks really good. And I'm excited about what they've got going. They also talked about the other additions that are going to come with the free graphics overhaul, which includes some UI improvements and just general like quality of life improvements all across the board. And it just sounds like it's going to be much improved. And what they said, and they kind of made it really uh, a really important part of their dev diary is that you know, they wanted to focus on gameplay first. They wanted to put out a game that I felt that they felt was very gameplay focused. And, you know, they did their best with graphics, but they weren't too invested in the graphics. And then now that they've sold, uh, sold the game decently well, I guess, which is good to hear, they've gone ahead and reinvested in the game and made it as best as they can do. So I think it looks great. I don't know. Have you guys seen the screenshots? Oh, yeah. It looks really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Much improved. Much improved. Yeah, and they've just done a recent up the the last week's update as well. I think they made some changes to uh, the early game, uh, the early game pacing, which was my main complaint with the game that it just it kind of really dragged out, and you were sometimes you know like 150 turns before it really kind of got going. Which I suppose kind of mimics how Master of Orion could go, but it was it seemed in excess of that. So um, yeah, it just looks great. It, the new graphics look awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah, they really need to. I think they're going to make the early game even 
bear because still it's like a hundred <laughs> turns until things start getting going. So yeah, it's that that still needs work. But apart from that, I think it's a really good game. Um, they've um, yeah, it's just you know they've, it's not just the Mewtwo clone. They've done quite a lot of different stuff in there. Definitely, it's t- they've taken it. They've taken that kind of formula and moved it in a slightly. Yeah, they just they made it pushed it in a sort of interesting direction. I quite I've I played that game a fair amount when it first got released, and then I put it down. And the reason why I put it down was partly because it just it was just a little bit too slow to play it, and I also wasn't that keen on the graphics. And I know that's not most most forex players can kind of look past that. I think, um, but there just there were other games at the time that were doing the same kind of thing but better. Um, but you know, this is looking like it's gonna it's gonna really push the game forward. So yeah. Yeah, right. Cheerio. So, like, you know, what I'm saying is that yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> okay, I can't do it. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll try my Scottish accent accent next time we do this. But uh, no, it, the thing that I think. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> no, I, what I'm hoping for this graphics overhaul is that it brings more people into the game. I feel like if there's a bigger audience that. You know, and I think that really was a gatekeeper for some people, and it was for me. Like, I'm not saying that I exclusively disliked it because of the graphics, but I did think that it was enough of a turnoff to me personally that I was just not as invested. And I'm hoping that with a graphics overhaul like this, that it just, you know, it gains a bigger audience and we start to see more updates and they can actually maybe continue to improve it and, you know, release more content and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited about that, and it, I, it's pretty cool to see the old spacesector.com guys doing that. So, okay, right. So, uh, who's up for Stellaris? Uh, me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we had um, basically a follow-up uh, dev diary to the Origins uh, announcement, which is a huge Q and A. It's like there's a lot of information here. Um, probably best for people to actually go and look for it if they're really that interested but um basically what origins are like starting bonuses your uh, empire has at the start which sort of adds a bit more flavor to the game uh the one i'm actually quite interested in is the um doomsday one which your home world will explode 20 uh 64 years after the game starts which sounds terrible but what it does is it gives you a massive boost to your production on the planet. And, uh, yeah, and basically uh, you're going to have to try and find a new home world within 64 years or you'll probably be out of the game. Yeah, but, that yeah, sounds the, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of them are really good. But, yeah, the uh, Q&A is just – there's a lot of information on there. So there's probably about 50. 30 questions in here answered so um if you're interested in that uh definitely go and have a look you guys have any thoughts on it i think it sounds really interesting uh sounds really good um as always with stellaris I- i'm all for them adding new content i just kind of want them to fix the ai but you know we've heard this argument before so <laughs> <laughs> well they did, they did say that the next update the next dev diary is going to be focused on performance updates and right yes yeah, so i think that's going to be something everybody's gonna be really excited to read about and yeah i mean the yeah. the origins thing i think is one of the most interesting aspects of this expansion pack i mean clearly i've said that the diplomacy needs some overhauling and fixing but the origins i think are a really good 
I, I feel like there's a, that's a really good way of, of making things a little bit more asymmetric, and I really like yeah. asymmetry. I've, yes, I've said this before, and I really hope that they maybe consider that there should be some victory conditions tied to those origins because for me, and I know I'm, I might be in the major, minority here, but I just, I need an end goal. Whether or not, I, I mean, I don't care if I can keep playing or if the average player has the option of continuing to play after they've, you know, quote unquote, achieved their victory condition. But I need a victory condition. I need something to work towards. So, and I think that's part of what I don't like about Solaris. I feel like I'm aimless a lot of the time. So, I don't know. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same with Solaris. I, I think that could, that's a throwback partly to the grand strategy kind of thing because um, part of the part of the issue with with um, Paradox games and those grand strategy titles is you, you do have to set your own goals more so than in other Forex games and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it would be nice to see some some other some other game mechanics tied to those starts. But yep. so that, this is what Solaris does well. It, it's really immersion, uh, you know, they really, the immersion of the game is really, really deep because of all these kind of flavorful, flavorsome mechanics they've got in there. And, you know, despite my my disclaimer about the AI, I think it's great that they, they are pushing still to, you know, to make it more immersive. So anything they add like that is good. Yeah, but at least with like EU4, you have the quest system where you get bonuses for finishing certain things which surprise isn't really in Stellaris. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I really totally like agree. The, yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, once you get to a set, I've, I don't think anyone really finishes a Stellaris game. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of, the most interesting part for me is building a race and then seeing how far you can take it. And then you get to a certain point in the game, it's like uh, you're either losing or you're winning, but it's going to take you a long time to quote-unquote, take the whole galaxy or whatever. Well, as if you had, um, yeah, a a, um, faction quest to do, then it would be much more interesting rather than just grinding out all the empires that are left. Agreed. I totally agree. Yep. All right, before we continue, let's take an early commercial break this time and cut to commercials and come right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, now we're back from our ads. And Ben, you got something? So um, we've got Adrian Bunder's Planetfall Tyrannosaurus update. Shall I talk about that? <laughs> you should. Yeah, let's hear about it. Okay. Okay, so this is a, this is a really really big update for Planetfall and uh they've called it the Tyrannosaurus update continuing this theme of naming everything after dinosaurs. So, um it looks like they've been listening to fan feedback here and and tweaking the game and uh, adding new features. So, in an effort to fix uh the the mid-game content or the lack of mid-game content, they've uh, they've added some exploration sites so they were saying that most of the 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 exploration sites were too lightly defended to pose a challenge to an advanced army so they've added exploration sites in which are rare imperial facilities which grants a lot of income and can be linked to your colonies to provide bonus to, to produce units um and then it goes on to detail what they are they've also added an old feature from the earlier age of wonders games called the no colonizer mode Uh, When this mode is engaged, players will not be able to build colonizers in any of their cities, severely limiting the the number of colonies that appear in the world. Uh, 
I was watching the Twitch stream that they they did briefly, and uh, there are the the no colonizer mode uh, has other mechanics uh, attached to it, and it kind of it sets some it presets some of the game options to uh, to facilitate that game being significantly different from the standard Planetfall mode. So it looks quite interesting. They've also allowed you to change the game intensity settings, um, which means things like the NPC dwelling mode, how passive the AI is, the aggression of the spawners. And I think the spawners are the red uh, the red kind of native factions um, that you get at the start of the game. You can change the aggression of those. And the defender strength, I believe, is the overall aggression of the default armies that guard sites on the map. Uh, they've got. They've also made, so, uh, made it so that the secret, they wanted the secret text to have more of an impact in the earliest parts of the game. Um, so what they've done is they've added the, I think the each secret tech now gives you an, uh, one of the units that start with each tech with your army. So it allows you to, you know, have some of that early secret game, uh, secret tech flavor with your, uh, army from the start. And, uh, they've, they're doing some stuff to the economy. Uh, the interface has changed. So it's a little bit easier to read, particularly with the economic overview map. Uh, they've, there's some racial gameplay diversity uh, changes. So each starting race now gets two starting bonuses to make them feel more distinct from the get-go. Um, I think this was partly because in Planetfall, you can start with one race, but you could quickly take over a neighbor and then gain access to all their units. If you're playing as the Amazons, you might take a diversity and you know you can start then playing with them. Uh, and it, it made it feel like the initial race that you started out with didn't really seem to be that unique for very long so they've kind of changed that and there's some other stuff in there as well so go ahead and check out the there's a post over at the uh, paradoxplaza.com forum so go and check it out yeah it's a huge update and personally my favorite thing and this is just something that i really enjoyed from age of wonders 3 is the no colonizer mode i i really like having fewer and more like tense colony sites because I just, you know, there's that like real serious tension to get those colony sites and to pick up those colonizers. And I don't know, it just, it adds a different feel to the game that I've really, I really liked from Age of Wonders 3. I'm super glad to see them add this to Planetfall. So there's a lot of good stuff in that patch. It's huge. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like a T-Rex. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the size of the T-Rex? United States compared to the England. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're like the, we're the small and small and aggressive Velociraptor compared compared to the, <laughs> the huge bloaty T Rex. <laughs> hey, speaking of England and their uh, long long ago sea dominance, uh, we're we're blessed with Wrath of the Sea DLC for Theo Two. Have you guys been playing Theo Two at all? Uh, guilty as charged. No, I have. I've I barely touched. <laughs> Theo one yes, but I haven't. I don't own Theo two yet. I've been holding off actually because mainly because I've not played Theo one enough. And I've a couple of maybe about a month ago I started playing Theo one and I really got into it for a week. And um, and I've I've kind of I've held off. So no is the answer. <laughs> no is the answer for me too. But yeah. I know that some of the people here like Troy and Nate really enjoyed it. So and I've heard that it's just only gotten better since you know it released and they gave it a pretty favorable recommendation. So. 
With that being said, the new Wrath of the Sea DLC adds a lot of stuff, some sea-based events, there's some new unique characters that have gone along with the new quest line for the sea stuff, there's orc pirates, there's a new god that's very clearly oriented towards the sea, there's just a bunch of sea stuff. So if you like <laughs> sea stuff and you want to have sea stuff in your Thea 2, definitely check it out. And it's it's pretty reasonably priced. I think it was only $8 or $7. Um, yeah, it's at cheap. the time, yeah, at the time of the, the this recording. So, I mean, it's 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 something that I've always liked about Muha. They've always tried to do a very good job of adding content at a very good price, and sometimes, most of the time, for free. So, I I would really like to get into it. I feel like I need. I know that this is something I've said before, and I'm going to keep saying it until I actually do it. But I need <laughs> to devote time to Thea to give it the go that I feel like it deserves. And maybe one day I could be like, yeah, this is a great DLC. But as of now, I don't know a damn thing about it. So it seems like the general consensus is that it is a, it's an improvement on Thea one. I I really like the time that I spent with Thea one. I really, um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's great. It's just really flavorsome. All the, all the quests and the writing and it's really good. It's just got a really nice vibe to it. Yeah. And then recently they actually added most of the quests that actually make sense from Thea 1 to Thea 2. So, I mean, Thea 2 is just rich with content. So I feel like it would mm. just be something I need to get into. Oh, you guys need to make me. You know what? If you come over here and you take over America again, make me do it again. Just make me play that game, right? Yes, this will be the first amendment to your new constitution. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. With that being said, <laughs> tell me about Warhammer 40k. Well... It's just had a tiny update, um, some bugs, fixes, a slight uh, balance change to the orcs and a uh, few sort of flavor texts for the AI, but apart from that, not really much to say about this uh, update. Uh, another game, <laughs> here we go again, another game I really should be playing, but I haven't put that much time into. Um, I've been playing. Problem here. I've been playing Gladius this week quite a lot um, because I've been working on a on a short article for it. And one of the things that they changed, I, I spent about sort of half an hour kind of penning what it was that I was, uh, a specific problem that I had with the game, which they've literally just fixed in this patch, which is I found that um, sometimes when you were generating, let's say you wanted to generate um, a map that had slightly less land territory, uh, land space so that you could create more choke points and that kind of thing. The AI sometimes didn't really handle it that well and the uh it would generate it would it often put huge spaces of expanses of ocean in the center and uh you know with most of the playable uh playable ter- terrain around the edge but it made it a bit too small and they've just changed that so that they've actually increased they've increased the size of the peninsulas that it kind of creates so that's actually really good but it's all bad for me because it means now i now have to chop out loads of my article <laughs> <laughs> but this just goes to show those guys are really on it like they've um since october i think they've had like eight they've had eight different um updates and they're all kind of balanced changes and tweaks they're, they're really you can tell that they're really listening to the to um fan feedback and I think they're really, I think they're really on it with the multiplayer meta. I don't play multiplayer, but I think they, you know, they they really want to they want to make it a great multiplayer game as well. Yeah, so. the, there's a, a trend going on here. We've had uh, Interstellar Space Genesis, TR2, and Gladius, which are all small dev teams, but they seem really dedicated to their games and seem to patch quite a lot compared to bigger companies. Which uh, yeah, yeah, which is a uh, yeah good good sign really. Um, 
Yeah, I think Proxy yeah. Studios are two men, or they were two men when they started. I, um, and they've had a they've had a, a little bit much like with AI War and Chris Park, and they've they've got some people that they kind of consult with on things like AI and that kind of stuff. But they're, they're a small team, so you know, yeah, it's really great. It's, and they've got the Tau the Tau update is incoming too, so that's something to watch out for with Gladius. Right, you said something about that earlier in the week about how they've kind of like there was like uh, maybe achievements that were accidentally kind of released ahead of time and you thought that that yeah, might be an the, indicator that came out yes there's a, there's some there's some talk on the on the steam forums that people have found the tau uh some tau flavored achievements that are starting to crop up so and there's stuff in the in the the thing about gladius is it's really it's really moddable and it has um xml files so that you can kind of mod anything and pretty much everything in the game and people have been digging through those and finding bits and pieces i believe so yeah, Tau, Tau update is incoming. I think it's it's going to be sooner rather than later, too, by the sounds of it. Yeah, and for those that don't know, and that's probably everybody who's listening to this, but Ben is writing a re-examination of Gladius because it's changed so much. So it was good of him to offer up that, and he's going to you know take a look at all those updates, those eight updates or so since October, and, and see how it's shaped the game and kind of give us a, a, a look at what's improved and maybe what still needs to be improved and... Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So thanks for doing that, Ben. Yeah, no worries. Now tell us about Outscape, which many of you, we haven't really talked about Outscape much. Okay. So this is patch V107, friend or flow and guns. So let's have a look at this. So yeah, they've added lightning They've added lightning guns to the game. And scanners can now always detect a fleet's owner. And then they've added some a few other bits and pieces, some changes and bug fixes. Uh, so let's have a look. Yeah, while you're looking, okay. I was going to say yeah. that like Outscape is that MMO 4X game that I've mentioned in the past. I actually play it a little bit occasionally. It's freaking slow, and it's definitely paced as a, an MMO game. Like It's got that grindy feeling of any MMO game you've ever played. It's surprisingly uh-huh. well done. It's it's very good looking. It feels like if it were a, a, like a single-player game, that and it was paced a little bit to you know to play as a single player game it could be something really special but and it, it's it, as far as a 4x mmo game it's actually pretty good and i like it a lot it, it feels like a distant worlds game in a lot of ways and that's you know that's high praise but it's been on my radar um but i again i did wonder if it would it would be a little bit kind of grindy and you know a lot of these kind of multiplayer games have this sort of time thing where you, you initiate attack and then you get a timer and you know that kind of stuff yeah that's uh, how it is i mean yeah, it takes like so 2 I'm, hours to like you'll you'll set your scouts to to scout the clear the nearest system and it, it takes 2 hours in real life so you literally just yeah, you sure. set it to to do that and then you walk away for 2 hours and you come back later i mean that's to me yeah. i don't have that kind of time so no i don't and it, it it's almost <laughs> it's like that south Park. Satan. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit, and I have to be, I, you know, I have to be a little bit careful because I don't want to slag mobile games off too much. But you know, kind of what it reminds me of a little bit. Okay, so this update, basically, what they're doing is they've got, uh, they're now allowing you to, uh, you can see player and fleet names for all all fleets visible to your scanners, whether they're friend or foe. Um, so once your fleets get into scanner range, but outside sensor range, they can be labeled, and they've got something called false flag fleets. False flag fleets. Um, this change does put the onus on you to hide your hide your ownership of fleets if you do wish to use cloak fleets, hiding systems and planet orbits. And they've added lightning guns, which are a new large energy weapon. So yeah, there we go. 
There we go. Yeah, um, the problem I have with these sort of games is they've got to be paced right because you either have a game where you go super quick where you can just sort of play a quick session with friends or it should be stretched out where you really should only look at a game once a day at minimum, more if you want to, but you can just play the game once a day because if it's in the middle space where you've got to keep checking every two hours, every two hours, every two hours. I mean, who's got time for that, really? Um, exactly. <clears throat> you know, the, I have played the ton of, like, Neptune's Pride. I used to run a big game for Explorminate on the forums, and uh, Dominion's 4 and 5, I've played a ton, and those games you could really, you know, look at it once a day. Um, maybe a bit more with Neptune's Pride, but, yeah, it sounds like if you're saying uh, you've got to do something and come back in two hours, it's just sounds like a pain especially if you can't play it on mobile <laughs> is that how it is rob um no it, it really is i mean no. I, everything yeah. takes significant amounts of time i mean like even just building a building is like 30 minutes and you know it, it, even like the very very closest systems are two hours but if you go out and you start to develop better technology and you can have you know wider range it's like i was it was at one point i was like six hours away from my the next system i was going to explore and i was just like yeah I can't like, no, I'm not, I, I'll forget. And I did, I forgot to go back to it. And then when I got, when I did get back to it, I was being invaded and yeah, it was. So that, that kind of game model was, you know, the, we had games like Ebony and all that kind of thing years ago. And that it's, it's, it's kind of designed to get people addicted because you have to keep, you have to be able to set timers, come back to the game when, you know, when this timed event is going to go off, you know, if somebody's attacking you, you need to be able to check whether they're, whether they're doing that or not. That, that was, that was created for the mobile industry. Now I'm not saying that that's what Outscape is. And I, don't, I really don't mean to, to disparage the developers in any way, shape or form, because I know that you pay for, you pay for Outscape and then you've got a game and it does look really good. I'm just a bit concerned that, I don't know, I think, from from my, you know, talking to people on the Discord and on the forums and that, I think that the multiplayer in Forex is kind of a divisive thing anyway. And there are people who really like it, and there are other people. There's a lot of people who aren't really that bothered. And I think, you know, like like Drexy was saying, with things like Dominions, Dominions works really well with multiplayer. And you can you you play your turn. You you might have 24 hours or 48 hours to make a turn, and you can sit and think about it. And it's much like playing a kind of slow game against the computer, and you've got your diplomacy. But if you're if when you've got timed sort of events, it's just tiring. Um, you know, you have to really be you've got to be engaged with it all the time. And I think that's most people haven't got time for that. Yeah, bollocks. <laughs> bollocks, <laughs> mate. Yeah, Molly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> next, next up is AI War Two, and in his uh, Chris Park's little themed updates, this one's called Light and Shadow, which is reference to the visual upgrades he's giving to the ships and the way they, I guess, um, feel. Like they look more lively and modern as a result. And so he's got what he's basically doing is just making some visual upgrades to them. Uh, he's also going to do, uh, what is there? Still more to do on the ships. There are a lot of them, is what he says. So some of them look underwhelming at the moment, but he's giving them every all the new ships the full treatment of this new visual upgrade. And he's also making a lot of upgrade updates. So, and let me see. I'm looking at all these. Man, there's so much. It's crazy how each week he's got this incredibly long list of, of updates and changes He's made some changes to the macrophage, which are like a like a third party 
faction in that game. They're not the main faction, of course, the AI being that main faction. But the macrophage is something you can add to your game for a little bit extra difficulty <laughs> or fun, I guess you could put it. And there's a bunch of other things too. So it's, I mean, AI War 2 is shaping up to be a fantastic game. He goes on to say that it's still doing well, but recently the ratings have gone down a bit. It was overwhelming, po- overwhelmingly positive there for a while, but with some of the new, more recent reviews, it's it's dropped a bit. So, And you can hear, look at that, you can hear Ben coming into the door. <laughs> so <laughs> Ben had to take a step back for a minute, and now we, we heard everything he did. So we oh, know he's me. back. <laughs> Send me the fog up and I'll, I'll edit it. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's totally fine. It was fun. It actually was perfectly timed. So, <laughs> Right. You just finished and he came back through the door. <laughs> I know. It was perfect. So, yeah, that's AI War 2. And I'm, I'm to this day very impressed by how much Chris Park's putting into this game. So... Looking forward to the inevitable DLC because he said that it would be February, March, and I imagine that he's probably going to be at least doing some sort of beta or something like that for the the, the DLC soon. Yeah, he dropped a load of YouTube videos of all the updates to the models uh, this past week, if you're interested in looking at that. Maybe like 15, 20 videos, something like that. Jeez, I just... <laughs> That guy works awesome hard, man. Yeah, he really does. So he's got a, a, a fiery passion that I, I doesn't seem to to burn out at all either. I don't know how, but somehow, yeah. Yeah, I, again, I'm, another I'm small fan. dev just pushing, pushing their game really hard, and he loves his project. That's why. I think. Shame people like uh, the Star Drive dev. And, you know, <laughs> some others didn't have such passion for their game. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, and I'm reminded of that every time I fire up Black Box and Combined Arms and doing those videos too. I'm just like, man. But yeah, if if Dan DeChico had half the drive that Chris Park did, we might have a pretty damn good Star Drive one. But that is a completely different subject for another day. Absolutely. So, <laughs> speaking of like the classics and games that are very good, tell me about the Star Wars or sorry, Star Wars um, Lordy Sword of the Stars remake and this petition that's out there. Oh, another similar situation. Um, basically, um, a lot of people have been, well, about, it's been maybe a year or two. Uh, Macron, the main dev from Kerberos uh, Productions, said, you know, sort of hinted that maybe we'll do a Sword of Stars HD uh, remaster thing. And the thread's gone on this, like, at least 20 30 pages now and towards the end he sort of said look if you can get 30k signatures they'll do a kickstart so someone actually made a petition on change.org for uh try and get these 30k signatures now we're they're only up to like 509 signs <laughs> <laughs> so, i don't mean i don't mean yeah. to laugh that just sucks disappointing <laughs> yeah yeah, I expect. I mean, there's a there's a pretty big fan base. I figured, and they're very vocal. I figured there would be more than 500. Yeah, I, I, that is going to happen. But to be honest, uh, I wish they would actually do something with sort of Stars Two rather than One. I, I mean, yes, sort of Stars One looks terrible, but I don't have a problem with playing it. I'd rather them release the source code or at least make it easier for modders to fix the second iteration of the game. Yeah, I don't know if it's fixable, honestly. I know there's like a community patch that 
does some to fix the issues, but I know even they were kind of hamstrung by how awful the like coding was and just how screwed up the the like general flow of the game was. So I they abandoned it, but I know that there is a community patch that does improve it somewhat. But I I don't know. I don't I don't think I would rather them move on to something like that too. I'd rather them see I'd rather see the the like a Sword of the Stars one remake. Just take what they've had and just make it better looking and I will play the crap out of that. Yeah, but still uh, I just I was so disappointed in the second. I just I mean it it looks you load up the game and it just looks so awesome. You have like you know, all the ships battling each other and it's just, ah, oh, you get so excited and then you get into the game and it just falls apart. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it ranks up there with Master Ryan 3 with me for, for like ultimate disappointments. I remember firing it up and being like, oh my God, it looks so good. This is going to be the best game ever. And then I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. And, and I, get, I get part of it, like, you know, design, you have to sort of iterate and make things better or at least a- attempt to make things better or me- more easy or maybe even change some gameplay mechanics to make them more interesting. But there were just so many things that they changed that didn't need to be changed. And I was just like, what the, why? And it just, yeah, what a disappointing game. Yeah. <laughs> Any here? Well, anybody here speak Russian? No. No. I speak da. Russian too. <laughs> uh, the next you do good is. Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, not good Russian. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, okay, uh, Rashad, uh, So, uh, tell us about Russian and Fantasy General Two. So, Fantasy General Two is now available in Russian. All if right. Like, if you like final, if you like Fantasy General Two, and you are Russian, you can now play Fantasy General Two in Russian. In in Russia, Fantasy General Two plays you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to any of our Russian fans here who might be listening. I'm so sorry. I love you guys. Russia is awesome. Please don't. Please don't. Please, please don't, don't call invade in saying this is. Please don't say this is racist because it's. Please. please don't invade America, please. I'm just asking. <laughs> just please. All right. Have you been yeah. playing Fantasy General? Have you guys been playing it? I've played a lot of I it. I don't own it. Yeah, no, I've played a lot of it. I think it's a great game. And there's this new Onslaught expansion coming out that I may or may not be beta testing. I can't say. Ah, I see. <laughs> I, I have noticed the rating over time since release has been actually gone up. So it looks like they've done a lot of work. The fans are responding to the changes they've done. Yes, yeah, I think the original the... complaint was that it was a bit short on content. Wasn't it? It, well, it was. I think people were expecting more faction, but they've. Uh, it looks. I don't know. I think it's good. I, I've. I've only. I'm about halfway through the campaign. Um, it's one of those games that I, I've enjoyed. I didn't quite. I've not quite given it the time it deserves, but it's. It's a good tactical tactical game. It's really it's good fun. Yeah, that's the story of our lives. I think. I think every game we've <laughs> talked about, we're like, man, I wish I give that game more time. And then we're like, no, we, we haven't given this game any time at all. So I don't know what games we actually give time to. In fact, none of these, any of them. We're not really Forex <laughs> fans. We're just people who pretend to be Forex game fans. I think we I spend think more time talking about thing, them. Really, it is. A, it is an age thing, thing, but it's also just like you know, you have to dedicate an insane amount of time to a forex game in order to really feel competent and i yes. think that's a huge barrier for the genre and genre and i think that's why it is a bit more niche than it could have been or should be or would be but yeah i mean the thing is like once you get into a game it 
generally feels like you either going to stick with it or you're not. And if you're kind of yeah. wavering at all, you won't come back to it. That's just how I feel. There are, there are so many like really popular Forex games that I've, that I've liked and I've kind of gotten into. And there's that initial learning curve where you're, when you're learning the game mechanics. And then there's the next stage where you've got to kind of learn the game meta, you know, where you've, you've got the mechanics and now you need to learn how to play it to be kind of good at it. That's, uh, that's usually the bit where I, I fall off if it's not really engaging because you've kind of got that initial buzz from learning something new. And then, you know, then, then you've got to put a bit of dedication into it. And if the game, if the game is good, but not great, or if you've just got loads of games on the go or you're busy, that's usually where it's kind of, it's more difficult to kind of put that time in, isn't it? I mean, you know, you can learn how to play civilization in what week, but then you, you know, to actually get good at that game, it takes, it takes a lot longer if you want to start playing at the high difficulty levels. So, yeah. But yeah, Fantasy General 2 looks great. And the new update, I think it adds a load of air units. Is that right? I think it's... Uh, yeah. It seems yeah, to be something like this, yeah. Take to the skies. Yeah, I, like- I, I want to go back to a point you just made there, which I think is like, seems to be the, what a lot of Forex fans like, is that learning part of the game, where a lot of people I've spoken to, like myself, won't actually play the game till the end. They'll sort of play for a while, try something. You learn from your mistakes and okay, I'm going to restart this game and do it different from what I learned. And I think that seems to me to be the main thing for Forex games is there's got to be enough content in there for you to actually like feel like you're getting better every time you play the game rather than actually be in the game, if you get what I mean. Yes, that's, that's dead. That's dead on. And the game has to, it has to have the depth of mechanics to be able to sustain that kind of, you know, to, to kind of sustain that part because there are there are a lot of players who once the novelty is worn off, they will drop off, I think. So, you know, um there are there are certain games where the the depth of the game mechanics, um, especially games where, you know, okay, outside of the four extra, you could say look at something like roguelikes, which are basically built around that where they've got all this emergent game mechanics because they've got so many game mechanics in there that they 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 that part of the gameplay experience persists, you know, sometimes for years. It's more difficult to do in a, in, a, in something like Forex. Um, you know, to the, generally, I think with Forex, the more complex you make it, then the more difficult it is for something like the AI to be able to play it. So there seems to be a sort of sweet spot with with Forex development, or sorry, with Forex uh, design, where there's enough complexity to keep people interested, but, you know, um, past that novelty period of learning of learning something new and into the, I want to master this kind of kind of phase of the game. Yeah. Also, I'd like to bring up another point, which is a bit off topic. The word is niche, Rob, and aluminium is another word you should learn, and no, data as well. And aluminum, but you go go on with your British self. Yeah, and colours. <laughs> You're out of numbers here. Sorry, you've got to conform to our, our language I mean, rules. In the grand scheme of things, I think America outnumbers you guys by like tenfold, but that's fine. Um, you know, we don't have to get into this because, quite frankly, we're better than you, so it doesn't matter. Godhood, newfound shores. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. No, I know. I, I actually like the way you guys say things better than we do. So I, when I Look, hear Americans... In England, we play tall, not wide. Yeah, so you might have more people. It's true. But we've got the uh, we've we've got you pipped on espionage. There, um, you might have it. I yeah, you're right. I don't know. <laughs> I won't. I I certainly appreciate that you guys uh you know brought us over here and 
Yeah, I'm here because of you. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so anyways, we have Godhood, which is a game that I've had a let's play of a couple times. It's the like God management game where you create your own religion. And the unfortunate news last year, late last year, was that the guys behind them, Abbey Games, who have also done Rus and oh, oh, Renowned Explorers, that's right. They both um, were great games, and then Godhood is shaping up to be a great game, finally. But unfortunately, the start of it, the like kind of really poor reception that it had when it first came out, caused Abbey Games to sort of fold. So what they've done is they've brought everyone. It's sort of like a core group now. The initial core group that was the uh, founding group of, of Abbey Games are now... Doing their best to finish Godhood as intended. They say that that's the way it is. It's gonna, it's gonna finish the game. They're gonna finish the game as they had intended. But the newfound shores update does a lot with the map generation. It also is giving you more content and some new religion types and stuff like that. So it's, it's looking pretty good. And from all the reception that I've seen, I haven't been able to play it. It just came out today, I think. And unfortunately, the or actually, fortunately, the people that have been talking about it on the nets have said that it's a very good update and that it's really just polished it up in a lot of ways that people weren't expecting. So I'm excited to play it because I think the game is great. And I was really thinking that it turned out to be a much better game than, than it had any promise to be at the beginning. But yeah, if you guys like God games and you have the idea of like, or the, like the idea of making and creating your own religion and then sort of spreading them through various means when depending on the kind of god you want to be godhood's a great game and i think it's actually going to be a very very good game when it comes to its full release so who doesn't like being god huh <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm good with being god but i yeah it's it's a, it's a fun game it's it's a, it's very lighthearted and i think a lot of people are looking for uh you know a game like um you know, Populous or some of those other God games that were really popular, but you know, they were doing something different. And I think a lot of people got caught off guard by that because they weren't expecting such a different take on it, such a different, you know, direction, but yeah, the lighthearted the game, take. Yeah. The lighthearted take yeah. actually works well for them. And I think it fits their general, like, you know, their, their, their library of games. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends up because I think it's this update and then they're going to do like one last polishing update and then go to full release. So we'll keep an eye on it and I'll probably do a let's play of it again. So boom. Cool. Cool. Uh, next up we have a uh, star control origins, which is a game that's had a bit of a tumultuous uh, history, but yeah, they're coming out with a new DLC called earth rising. Um, Chests a lot of new missions, new locations, new battles, and new weapons. And it's another game I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote a review for it for, um, damn, Game Radar. Game Radar, not Game Radar. Game Watch. Game Watcher, I don't remember. Before, while I was on my little hiatus with Exluminate, I was writing reviews for Game Watcher, I think it's called. And I yep. wrote a review for Star Control Origins. I was actually very pleasantly surprised by how good it was. I have yes, you liked it, didn't you? I did. I I was I was worried that nostalgia would get to me and I would dislike it because it wasn't my Star Control. But when I put that aside and I you know I just enjoyed it for what it was. It was there were some mechanics to gameplay that felt a little too old school, and I bitched about those. But the rest of the game was actually a lot of fun. I had. 
a really fun time just like getting to the bottom of the the game story and now with earth rising so what they've done is they've kind of piecemealed this this expansion they've released it in parts but now that all four parts are out i'm going to go ahead and play it so i'm excited because it's like uh it's sort of like i, I believe it's sort of telling the story of the humans kind of like taking back some of the space that or at least they're maybe not taking back they're actually like kind of expanding and earth rising meaning that like the humans are sort of you know becoming a major player in the universe and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out and i really like the voice acting i love the humor and i'm i'm not sure why people don't like it to be honest i mean i don't i don't i feel really out of touch with the like current gamer when people are like oh screw this game and i'm like wow this game was actually a lot of fun i gave it a 9 out of 10 i think so yeah i think a lot of people were were um Perhaps part of the reason for some of the negative reviews on Steam was the was the controversy over uh, that was going on in the you know with the legal situation behind it, which has all been sorted out now. I understand in in spectacular fashion as well. It's if that's if you're interested, go and look at what happened with Star Control and Stardock and the original guys because they came to a quite happy settlement. I understand, uh, or at least an amicable one. Um, but yeah, that, that, it's a game I've not played. I played the original. Uh, I played Star Control one or two many 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 moons ago, but. Um, Startup just make great games. They 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 just make really good quality games, and they've got a they they've they start develop a a, tr- uh, a bit of a reputation for supporting their games much longer than other people would as well. So yeah, I just realized my yeah. my review is actually on the Steam page. <laughs> ah. Which is cool. I didn't know that. I I never. I guess I just never really noticed. But my little game watcher Star Control Origins review is is one of their featured reviews. So. You can read my 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 words on the on the internet right there. So go ahead and do that. <laughs> okay, and right, we've so got tell, yeah. Tell us about Urtuk. Urtuk is an open world tactical turn based RPG in a low fantasy setting. Guide your band of adventurers through the ruins of an ancient world. Recruit new followers, loot the corpses of your fallen foes, and do your best to survive in this harsh and unforgiving realm. So this is by design. Is that your American David. accent? Was this that, is was... that's my kind of game trailer <laughs> accent. Okay. Yeah. It sounded a little American. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Alright, I like it. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a survival art. An open tactical turn-based RPG in a low fantasy setting. I've just read all this. Um, so it's a survival RPG with a focus on combat and open in a dark fantasy setting, turn-based, tactically rich combat on large maps with multiple environmental factors and a carefully crafted class skill system, procedurally generated survival campaign, extract character updates directly from your fallen enemies, and hand, it's got hand-drawn graphics from characters, monsters, and objects to the world maps and battlefield. So yeah, it's a tactical turn-based RPG. Another one. Yeah, the only reason I included this one because I actually did a Let's Play of this myself again. It was an early, early, early beta, alpha, I don't know, something. And I was given early key or early access to it. So I, I played it, I don't know, two, three, four months ago for the for the YouTube channel. And I really enjoyed it. And I think it has, I mean, it's definitely a very, very heavily focused game on its tactical combat. It has very little RPG elements or anything like that. I mean, there's some for sure, but it's mostly, it's very much a tactical battle game with some other stuff in it so if you like tactical battles and you know you like some rpg elements to that and you really like a good cool sort of stylized or aesthetic i'd, I'd recommend checking it out it's only 17 dollars, and the guy who's developing it is 
a really hard worker. He constantly puts out updates for it and he's really a receptive to player feedback. So it's one of those, you know, cool little stories about this single developer who's developing a pretty damn cool game. So the graphics look great from this, um, just looking at this Steam page. The graphics look awesome. I really like the, uh, the, the character graphics and the unit graphics and it. it looks awesome. Yeah. I love those. I see. I, I have a feel about the, like the hand-drawn stuff. I just like 10 years from now, you can't, I feel personally that you won't be able to look back on that game and be like, Oh, that's ugly because hand-drawn has like this timeless thing to it. So I really just, I appreciate, I appreciate hand-drawn graphics. I appreciate stylized graphics like that because they just, they have a, a much longer, you know, life in them than, than like a 3d graphics. So a case in point stars in shadow that, you know, that's going to look good, you know, in 10 yeah, years time. Exactly. Whereas a lot of the old 3d, you know, when people were just using kind of, uh, 3D models, they, they've aged really badly, um, much more so than Android. And look, we, we live in a world with, where we're, we're saturated with media. DeviantArt is full of artists who are sick of drawing pop and they really want to get into the game development <laughs> industry. <laughs> so. Are you sure they're sick of drawing porn? <laughs> I don't know, you know. Oh, I guess so. I wouldn't know. That's not my thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit good. off topic, but if you think about it, there's a stretch of films from maybe 10 to 15 years and maybe longer in the future where the CGI just is so distracting that it just so off-putting that absolutely go back and watch those films it's like we've only just got into the I mean it would be the same with video games as well um I'll tell you what I did the other day I went and had another uh, had a look at Dawn of War 1 uh, recently now that game has aged slightly better than other games from the same kind of era because the models are really kind of clean even though they're, they're relatively ro- low resolution to what we're uh, used to now um but if you if you look at other games that were kind of made around that kind of time that we're that we're using early three you know uh the the early 3d graphics hardware a lot of them have aged really badly and that's that situation in in movies is much more pronounced isn't it but with games it's still quite it's still quite a thing but yeah but uh, looks great. Look, I mean, it, it, it looks like it's uh, beautifully hand-drawn stuff. Yeah, and it plays really well, too. So I really like it. Definitely recommend it to people who like tactical games. So check it out. And then I'm going a little against the grain here by adding this game. But our this week's What Is is called Woken Lords of Mayhem, which I have included only because it's kind of taken steam by storm with an insane amount of reviews in a very short period of time. Because it is it is an action RPG made by just like one or two people, and it's taken five years to come out of early access. But once it finally did, it took. I mean, it really did. It took steam by storm. There is a lot of people talking about it, and it has some like twelve, sixteen thousand reviews on Steam, and they're you know they're not great. They're it's like I think mostly favorable or something like that. But a lot of people who are very high on it are very high on it, saying that it's you know better than any other action RPG out there. And I, I, I do think there's some crossover. Maybe not. I've seen people in the group say they like action RPGs as well. And I'm a big action RPG my fan myself. I really like the whole, you know, the gameplay loop of killing things and then getting loot and killing more things and getting loot. Sure. So it's... Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that I'm a super huge uh, action RPG fan, and I have actually I haven't bought the game yet, but I'm sort of waiting because I'm I've 
my friend's been playing it and he's been telling me it's buggy. <clears throat> but yeah. what he has said is that the actual playthrough, the game, the actual um, acts are really interesting and stuff, rather than, say, Diablo 3, where it's just sort of like MPOE, uh, where you sort of, oh, okay, let me just get to the end game sort of thing. It's, yeah. yeah, You're not really interested in thing. Uh, yeah, I've got a little confession to make. I've put... 1800 hours in Path of Exile. <clears throat> oh my God. Wow. <laughs> That's some time. That's some uh, time. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at my Steam games. I've got 1800 in Path of Exile. God. 200 wow. in Grimborn. And God knows how much in the Diablo games. So, yeah. Oh, That's so amazing. you're. You're like me then. You like our action P- our just, RPGs. Just a, just a smidgen, you know. Um, yeah. I never put 1,800 hours into anything except for living. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing. I'm I'm that very impressed amazing. by that. But, no, it's good. I like that there's another action RPG fan here because you can you can appreciate how exciting this game is. I, I think that you're right. It's the majority of the negative reviews have a lot to say about the bugginess and how, like, I guess there's this one bug right now that's really bothering a lot of people where they're like two or three acts into the game and then it resets their progress through the story, but they no. keep all their levels and like they basically just have like a, a high level character start all over again and <laughs> nothing they can do about it. Oh dear. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm waiting. Just yeah, waiting me too. for the patch. But I think the other interesting thing with this game is um. Dodging is actually a thing in it a lot more than other action RPGs. There's, yeah. act, there's some, from what I can tell, there's like telegraphs of uh, where the bosses and whatnot are going to hit. So it's a lot more tactical based, maybe, I guess, rather than just go up to something and headbutt it for <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you know, it's something, while we're on this topic, it's certainly digressing from Forex, but the the game that i got surprised by and i i stumbled upon was that that i think you might have interest in is um warhammer 40k Inquis- inquisitor martyr yeah oh yeah it's an action rpg set in the 40k universe and i i picked it up on a sale and i wasn't expecting much but holy hell is it good i really enjoyed myself There's it had a, a bit lot of a shaky depth. start i think yeah um, yeah well they did like a 2.0 release and they they like fixed the way combat and everything worked and loot and all that stuff. And I don't know what 1.0 was like. I heard that it was a shaky start, but I'm 2.0 is a great game. So again, if you're an action RPG fan and you haven't played that, I would definitely check it out. Oh, Torchlight Three awesome. is coming as well. So yeah, there's another one. That's it's funny because I, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but I'm going to say it now. But I've I don't have the time for this, and I'm not going to make it my thing. But I've started a another Steam group called. Uh, hack slash and loot and i was going to try to get like you know a group of action rpg fans on that maybe i'll share it in the uh, steam forums and stuff like that on on explore if there's other like-minded action rpg fans out there but it's Look, not people... something that i'm i can't dedicate any time to because i have no time but i was going to just try to get like you know a group of like-minded fans that that can share their excitement for action rpgs and then let us know of the new ones that come out that we don't all know about so People talk about uh, the uh, action RPGs as much as they do about Forex on our Discord, don't they? <laughs> there's, there's a, yeah. it's really active. The 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 non Forex channel people. Uh, <laughs> it really is. We've got Sometimes some really big. We've got more so than Forex. <laughs> sure, yeah. There's obviously some. You know, there, there, there's something in those games that really appeals to Forex players as well. Yeah, no, I I love, and it's I think it's the sense of progression, right? And that's what I think Forex yeah. or Forex games do really well. You know, you you start off in these very humble beginnings, and you. 
you become this like, you know, overarching empire that either is doing very well or losing every war ever like me. But, you know, it's <laughs> it, there is something that's similar to that in, in action RPGs where you start from, you know, you're literally in rags. And then by the end of the game, you're like wearing this most badass armor and, you know, you're taking on things 20 times your size. And that's there's something that progression sense is really is strong in both games. So sure. Well, have you guys been playing anything recently? Drexy? Nope. <laughs> I have actually not played anything this apart from some Hearthstone Battlegrounds, which I hate, but I sort of play. I don't know why, why do you play it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I can jump in for 20 minutes and play it and then sure. go and do other life stuff. <laughs> I've been playing Gladius um, mostly because because I've been writing this article and also because I really like Gladius. I'm just really into that game at the it's just really, really, really replayable. Uh, I've got locked into a. I haven't really been playing optimally, shall we say? So I've got locked into some sort of World War One style trench warfare grind, um, which I should have finished that game after eighty turns, and I'm nearly two hundred in now, and it's I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I out of curiosity, your favorite faction? Um, I'm really digging chaos at the moment. They're just really versatile and really aggressive but they've kind of got that sticking they've got that kind of ability to to sit back and pound stuff as well so uh yeah i've always liked chaos and i mean it's got a bit of me too yeah that's my favorite race everybody likes chaos don't they really i think we've all got an inner corn berserker (laughs) um so yeah that's i think i think chaos do you know the two um the tyranids are also really interesting their mechanics are so different to the rest of the uh, to the rest of the, the the factions, and they 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 play very differently. They're quite difficult to play, actually. It's it's taken me a bit of, it take, took me a bit of time to kind of get my head around them. But yeah, Gladius is great. That's why I've been most uh, mostly been playing. And I had another look at Interstellar Space Genesis as well, went uh, to check out the most recent patch. So, what about you, Rob? Yeah, I've um, I've got a confession to make myself. I've only been playing some of those action RPGs we were talking about. So I did play a lot of the uh, Inquisitor Martyr game. I've, I've been playing some Torchlight 3 because I'm in on that beta, and I think that's a pretty great game. Uh, I have been playing some Master Exodus when I get the chance because I still haven't written my review. I, I, mean, I mean writing it, but I, you know, it's something that I don't feel like I can dedicate enough time to when I play it because I just, um, I mean, at the, at, at the risk of ruining the, the review, I just, I'm, I'm bored. And when I go into it, I'm trying to like force myself to play it. And that's not really something that I like doing, but I'm trying to do in order to get like a better feel for mechanics, you know, as, as I think Explominate fans and readers are, you know, they're, they're used to us having a pretty decent understanding and, and write pretty decent, um, and thorough review. So I'm, I'm having a hard time feeling like I've gotten to the point with that game that I can do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just slogging through it. So I just, I just want to kind of write it and move on with my life. <laughs> so that that will likely happen. I've got 31 hours, I think, or 41 hours. I don't Damn. remember. And it's so it's been it's been boring. That's a real shame, isn't it? I, I, I mean, we were talking about this last on the podcast last week, but let's hope that they can they can push past that and do something to it to kind of make it to improve those reviews. Hey, they're going to need yeah. to. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's dead in the water. I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to say that because I think the person, Fernando Ray, the guy who's the main and only developer, I believe, of 
Atomic Kaiser and, and Avastor Exodus. He's a very nice guy and he's been very friendly when it comes to having interviews with him and, and trying to give him some feedback. But I just, you know, he's only one guy and I think he's relatively new to programming because it feels like he, you know, he'd fix one thing and break like 10 more. And I, and I, I understand that's part of game development too. So I'm not yeah. trying to say anything, but it just feels like, I, I honestly feel like this game would have to make some sort of incredible comeback in order to be relevant. So I feel the game was, I don't know whether it's the developer or the publisher, but it was sort of rushed out of the door because I was in the beta for this and every time I tried to play it right up to close to release, there was always some sort of bug that just stopped me from even trying on yeah, top no, of I've... the other issues I have with the game. Same, same with me. And I, I, mean, I complained about the pacing of it more than once and it just, I, I mean, I get it. So like you can't really respond to everyone and you certainly can't, you know, act on any of everybody's, uh, you know, feedback, but I, I just felt like, I just felt like I was being ignored. So, uh, so I'll just, I'll write the review. I'll knock it out and I'm going to go ahead and just spoil it for you. It's not good. So yeah. I would wait the end, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's all I've been playing and I have, I have some more time this weekend to play games. So I'm excited to play some, some secret stuff that I can't talk about. Oh, so what's the secret stuff that you can't talk about then? I've got some secret stuff I'm going to play as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess I don't really care. I don't think anyone really cares if I say what the games are. I just can't say anything about them. But I, I've mentioned before I'm in the beta for 10 Crowns, and I'm playing that. I am also in the beta for Humankind, Amplitude Studios' big historical 4X, and I've been a VIP for them for a long time now, and I'm playing their game and then um, another game that I actually literally cannot tell you, which okay. sucks. So uh, give us a quick review of Humankind. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, it's, and, and it's, and it's, oh, oh, and I cannot, and, you know, I, I think there's something wrong with your mic, Rob. Oh, oh, crap. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I, I just mind. gave you a really thorough review, so I'm, I'm sorry that it didn't come through. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks guys. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your m- m- incredibly early morning to jump on the, the the horn with me. I don't know what you guys call it, the tube, uh, yeah, bloody the microphone. <laughs> Isn't that right, Drexy? Yeah, that's the one. The blabber. <laughs> I love you guys. I love your accents. Anyways, th- it was very nice of you guys to both join, and maybe <laughs> maybe you guys can overpower me again another day and. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, our misses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Well, this was. Well, I guess I can say there's three people. This is the first time we've done a three-person wex in a long time. So, uh, I hopefully I won't screw out this out. I screw up. See, I've already screwed up the outro by saying screwing out. So, there we go. I guess I'll just have to. I'll have to try it again. So this was Drexy, Ben, and Rob. For Explominate, and hopefully we will talk to you guys soon. See you later. Guys. <laughs> Cheerio! Hello! Cheerio, Bye. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Take it easy.